Well, all right, it's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Uh, well, yeah! Ian Wadley, and we are here for the Extravaganza News episode. Boy, we've been doing a lot of these lately, huh, Ian? Yeah, well, we've had to, because we prepared so many two-hour episodes, you know, we, we did without news, because, you know, you were going to be gone. But, uh, yeah, so we had all these. We, we even have an episode coming up soon that, that was done over a year ago, you know, in preparation for this. And I've had people write me and go, hey, are you guys not doing, you know, the news anymore? That's one of my favorite parts. And, yeah, wah, we... Wah, 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 <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Bunch of crybabies listen to us. Well, I just want to reassure them that, yes, the news will be back in future episodes, but we've got a lot in the can that... Are, are long enough as it is. So until we get back to shorter episodes with just regular news, we're probably going to throw some of these more uh, new special spectaculars at you. And yeah, well, you know what, Ian? Next time somebody, hey, man, you know, uh, why don't you do the news? I love that part. And then you say, well, you know what I love is fucking money. <laughs> well, fuck you want news? Pay me, motherfucker. Oh, my God. And, and, and we do need some money because you and me just got hit with some bad bills. My car oh just my broke God. down and your AC yeah. just broke down. 2200 bucks I gotta pay. Yeah, and mine I don't even know yet, but I hope it's less than that. Yeah, me too. But, uh, yeah, boy. Because you're broker than me. We could we could use some money. Yeah, oh, man. Boy. Pay us, bitch. Oh, God man. Damn. Buy a mug. Oh, no, wait. That, that money doesn't go to us either. Yeah, all, <laughs> all that money goes to Scott Green. The goddamn governor took away my Scott, Amazon Scott, account. Scott Green makes Wadzilla shirts. Dr. Fuck shirts, rock and metal combat mugs, and we don't get a penny of it. What the fuck is wrong with us? All right. Well, uh, enough of our sad stories. Why don't we get to some iTunes reviews? We got some new iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These people, like, you know, uh, I understand we got a bad review, right? Oh, 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 oh our worst ever is coming up, yeah. too. Yeah, this motherfucker gives a bad review, and he doesn't pay us either. You <laughs> want to talk about a double whammy? We give him a show for free, and he's still insulting. <laughs> but now, here's one from a, oh my god, only one of our fans could do this. This guy wrote his second review. Let me read his review, entitled, My Review, Volume 2. And it's a five-star rating, which says, and I quote, I posted a five-star review some months ago, but I just had to lather these guys' asses one more time. <laughs> the show gets better and better with each passing month. I like how they rotate guest reviewers. My personal favorite being Chris Sizznak. <laughs> it's Sinzak, Clemson! Sinzak! If you enjoy metal and laughing, nobody beats these guys. The jokes and one-liners are so awesome, they had to be written by Bob Daisley. <laughs> keep up... Oh, keep up. I like that. That was a good one. Keep up the awesome work, Kevin C. All right, thank you so much for your review. Our next one is a five-star review entitled Great Podcast for Music Fans. This is by Exploration Sofa, and which says, and I quote, This is an excellent podcast. They really get into albums track by track and talk about them intelligently and with passion. 
The Thin Lizzy Bad uh, Reputation one is excellent. So thank you so much, Exploration he, Sofa. He, he says we do it intelligently. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. we got people that take crazy drugs listening to us. Yes. And I would like to see this guy, fucking Kangaroo Box, the next guy I'm going to read. <laughs> but I do like the, the title of this one-star review. Our lowest rating review ever. One star. I, uh, so, well, at least he gave us one star. Uh, and this is from a man called Torin61. It's entitled, Complete Crap. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and I quote, I do not want to hear, and I believe what he meant to write was our, but it's spelled wrong. I do not want to hear an hour of your mindless, boring banter. Talk about the album or shut up. Oh, he does have a point there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what's funny is I, I you know, we've, we've only had very few negative reviews. Uh, we're very lucky in that aspect. Most people love us. That, yeah, but now, now we're gonna get them because you know people are like assholes. But uh, so I'm, I'm looking on this guy. You can click on the profile and see what other reviews he has left. And uh, as I click on it, he also bashed uh, one of your favorite podcasts. Oh, yeah? Which one? The Terrence and Mark Experience. Oh, wow. Which he says, shut up and talk about the album. And then he says, FFS. Shut up with your boring banter and get to the bloody album. So I'm wondering if this bloke's from England. That's right. But, uh, hey, you know, I can't just, uh, you know, lick the frosting. Sometimes you got to eat the cake. And I'll read the bad reviews because ultimately... I don't give a fuck because we have. What are you, far... Paul Stanley? Now, what That's the fuck right. was that? Some people like cheesecake. Some people like, uh, you know, I don't know, apple turnovers. Some people, uh, ham. I'm the whole pig. I don't. I don't agree with what Gene said. I love Prince. I think he's a genius. Nikki said, "Shut up and put your cock <laughs> in my mouth." Hey, Gene, tell that bitch Shannon to quit picking on me. By the way, I saw her boobs on Cinemax. You're looking for someone. But it ain't kids. <laughs> I'm looking for someone too with a penis. <laughs> All right, Paul Stanley. Anytime you want to come on the show, we'd love to have you. <laughs> or anytime you want but, to, but, 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 but interview way. Don't give him ideas. Yeah, yeah. He that... might think, oh, they're gonna they're gonna pig roast me. <laughs> yeah, Justin Childers already wants to be a guest on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we thank you for the iTunes reviews, and please keep them coming. And a reminder, uh, if you do go on to uh, iTunes, please subscribe, because that really does help us get a potential uh, sponsor that we'll probably never get. But hey, it can't hurt. It makes us look more important than we are. So That's right. Please hit subscribe. All right. Well, uh, now let's get into some news. What do you say? All right, man. What's going on with the news? All right. First story. Uh, have you seen this new Dio box set coming out? No. You know what? I saw a picture of it, but it the person that put it on the news feed didn't give a link or anything, so I really don't know what's up with that. Um, this is a box set. Um, it's basically the Warner Brothers years, and it's Holy Diver through um, uh, through Strange Highways. 
Uh, but, uh, but is it vinyl? Vinyl? You can get it in vinyl. It's coming oh. out. It's, it's coming out in CD and vinyl. I think the vinyl the vinyl doesn't come out till October. Strange highways on vinyl, dude. Yes. And lock up the wolves. Holy yes. fuck! Now it 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 hasn't shown. Uh, uh, what's what's the fucking EP? Uh, oh, intermission. Yeah, intermission. Which I was disappointed in that. You know? I think I have that on vinyl. I think I do have it. I'm only just that was like it was the second deal I bought. You know, and and I, so it has a special place to me. Even though, hey, hey, I've got it on my computer. Do I listen to it? No, but I'm a completist. I think you should put everything in there, and I'm kind of disappointed. Now I don't believe. Uh, I believe these are just going to be the regular albums. These aren't going to be like the remasters they put out last year. You know, they did uh, they did the first three, and they had a bonus disc and all that. I believe this is straight up going to be just the original albums, but it is a brand new uh, remastering job. All right, cool. So, uh, man. I got to I got to get me that box set. But um, my complaint, but... my complaint is though. Did you see the cover of this? Yeah, it looks stupid. Oh, horrible! And I, they, they mentioned the guy uh, who who did the cover. They said he did some other shit for Dio, but I think the only thing he must have done was that that last horrible uh, Greatest Hits Part Two, because this artist d- just does not have. Uh, I don't think he understands how awesome and important uh, the, the artwork was those those first couple Dio albums. Man, he had some incredible artwork, and this just looks too cartoony you know it's, it's like going from uh you, you know fucking uh Derek Riggs to you know whoever did dance of death <laughs> you know yeah, it's, it's kind of I, what I remember of last night it's kind of blotchy looking yeah right? yeah I uh, was not was not, it's a not fan even of... clear it's like a blotchy I don't know well the one I, the one I saw was clear but it's like uh you, you know they've got mixtures of different album covers in the background, but it's not the original pictures. It's like this guy's rendition of it, and and to me, Murray should look like Murray. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, just like Eddie should be Eddie. You, you know what I mean? There's something. You know, I, I have a hard time remembering what vinyl I own because I gave away a lot of my deal vinyl. I'm not going into that fucking story. I've told a quadrillion times about me giving away vinyl back in the CD days. But I I do, I know I have intermission in Holy Diver, but you know what? I don't think I have the rest. So this is very appealing to me. Yes, and, and if I remember correctly, I'll see if I can find the link real quick. The price I thought was very good for this. Okay, the CD set. Now look at, now this is amazing. You're getting Holy Diver, Last in Line, Sacred Heart, Dream Evil, Lock Up the Wolves, and Strange Highways. Just for the CD, is only thirty four ninety eight. Holy crap, that's yeah, cheap. Yeah, for what's that? Six albums, six, yeah. six CDs for thirty five bucks. That's really? not bad at all. Now let's see where they talk about the vinyl. And like I said, the, I, I believe the CD is coming out this summer. Uh, oh yeah, it's coming out July twenty second. The vinyl will be available October fourth for a hundred dollars. Damn, that's good. That's not bad for six LPs in this day and age when vinyl is very overpriced because it's in vogue right now. Uh, yeah, that's so that's a- awesome. So, so that now the listeners listening, Ian and I would like that for Christmas. Come on. Yes, yes, and I would also like a record player to go with it so I can play my vinyl. <laughs> yeah, you see, the fans buy the two box sets and and one turntable. 
Forget about me. I, I got a turntable. And one turntable for Ian, two box sets, and we won't bother you for at least two months. Okay, maybe six weeks. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, there's that story. The next story is... Uh, Deep. That we do everything for free. That's right. We should talk about that. <laughs> and how people people just siphon money out of us. Scott Green. We don't do it for free. We pay to entertain you. <laughs> God, we that's even numbers. That, that's like, even worse. We pay to entertain. <laughs> yeah, man. We actually pay for this shit. Yeah. For you to, you, you know, it's like, all right, it's great that you guys listen and you love us and all, but Jesus Christ, man, we're paying you. And we're also like giving our our image away to fucking Scott Green, and he's he's the one making money off this. What's wrong hey, with us, Ian? Hey, well, Scott broke it down. He says just because weed's legal in Colorado don't mean it's free. Oh, okay, he, that's he, true. he needs that. Weed. I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that that Scott Green's a drug addict. <laughs> I'm about ready to ship him off to military school with the goddamn Finkelstein shit, kid. Son of a bitch! <laughs> well, uh, here's another album you can buy us. The new Deep Purple is done and in the can. And, oh, cool. Yeah, and it's just, uh, they're waiting for it to be mixed by Bob Ezrin, who they worked oh, with. Oh, good. On, yeah, on their last album, and uh, I think it's great that they're still making new music. Yeah, their last album was really good. Now what? Really good album. Yeah, and... Uh, you know what I mean? Of course, it's you know it's not the '70s album, but you know they're not. It's not the same lineup. You know what? You know what? I don't think they've been making bad. I like Bananas a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was that other one with the guy jumping off a building? That was a good one too. Abandoned, uh, I think. Yeah, Abandoned. That yeah. was a good one. Perpendicular. Oh yeah. You know, Deep Purple's been releasing some good shit with Steve Morris. Oh yeah. Oh, and, and great guitar work. And you know it doesn't sound like Richie Blackmore, but Hey, I'd rather have it sound different than than be a clone. You know, he does his own thing, and he's an amazing guitarist in his own right. So, hats off to Roy Harper and uh, Steve Morris. All right, that's awesome. And guess what I'm going to do, Ian? I'm going to fucking buy it. I'm going to buy it with my money. I'm not like our fucking chinchy-ass listeners. What's next? <laughs> next story. Uh, ACDC has added some more U.S. dates. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Yeah, unfortunately, not around me, but... Uh, sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, that's all right. Hey, I'm happy for everybody who can go. That That's my luck. You know, like I've said in many episodes, Guns N' Roses is going to be 15 minutes from me. I can give a shit less. I'm skipping that. I would fucking... Well, I changed my mind. I'm going to go see Guns N' Roses in Orlando now. Well, I, had a, I had a change of heart. Well, it's a Friday, and, you know, I only got one life. And, um... But when Brian Johnson was in ACDC, I bought tickets to see it at the Bank Atlantic Center, and that show was sold out. Before you know, I was I was lucky. I was like, "Yay, I got a ticket because it's sold out." You know, I got to see ACDC with Brian Johnson, and and I'll tell you the truth. I mean, you know me, I loved uh, the last album, Rock or Bust. Not a lot of people do, and I know they weren't going to play a lot off it because it's already getting later in the tour. I think they're only doing one song, one or two songs. But, um, and you all know, if you've been listening regularly, I, how I'm very pro Axl Rose. And I was pro Axl Rose before the videos leaked. And everybody that, well, not everybody, because there's still other, 
there's still people in denial that just they can't admit that Axel's kicking much ass. It just it just hurts them to admit it. But I applaud those that hate Axel Rose and they're coming out going, dude, I'm impressed by this dude. Hey, count you know? count me among them. I mean, not that I hate him, but I I mean, I don't care for him as a person. I like him as a, as a singer. But everything I man, I, I just heard him doing uh, his favorite song, "Touch Too Much," and I loved it, loved it. Really, you know what? I didn't. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you why. And it wasn't really Axl Rose what I didn't like about it. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, ACDC fanatics, because as far as I know, that song has never been played live ever. No, Not even with Bond. I I I heard it was. Okay, it might have been. That's I, why I, 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 I read that it was uh, it was last played in Paris on, on the uh, Highway to Hell tour. Okay, well, that's the Let There Be Rock movie. And, you know, and I also don't believe that because the Bonfire box set brings the complete show with If You Want Blood, which is not in the movie. So, I don't know if they... But you know what? Maybe they played two shows in Paris. But all I know is that there's no footage. Yeah. I even looked at uh, looked for it on YouTube just to see, you know, hey man, if they played it live, there would be an audio track on YouTube at least, right? No, there's footage of Bon Scott singing it in a, on a TV show, but it's lip syncing, and there's also a video for it. But when I saw ACDC play it live, Axel sung it fine, but I thought the band was like, it just didn't capture that. And I didn't like the backing vocals. Touch too much. You know how the, the studio version is? Yeah. I was a little taken back. And it is my favorite ACDC song. I know it's Axel's too. My favorite ACDC song always been Touch Too Much. So when I heard they finally did it, I got like, all excited. But then when I watched it, I was kind of like, eh. And you know what? They they I think they dropped it from the set list. Because uh, I saw a recent show and I didn't see it on the, on the set list. So I don't think... I mean, it's great they played it, don't get me wrong, but I just was expecting it to be, I don't know, maybe I need to warm up to it. Well, you know, also when something is that important to you, you're also going to be more critical of it. Yeah, I guess you're right. You, you yeah. know, and, and I love it, but once again, I can't stress enough, this is shit motherfuckers are recording with their phone, too, you, you know, it's, it's not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, I understand that, Ian, but... Those phone, th those other songs recorded on those phones sounding great. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it depends on who's recording. And I, I don't know. I'm not one of those guys that's got to be fucking perfect. I'm more about being in the moment. That's why when I'm at a show, I'm not recording. I'm not taking pictures. I'm paying attention to what the fuck. I'm living in the moment. And, right. and not everything has to be perfect. To me, it's more about the feeling. Do I get the feeling coming across? And, man, it just seemed like some guys up there having fun playing a song I love. So... Uh, I would I be more love, than happy to see I love, love, love how Axel does shoot the thrill. I fucking love it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Nah, I'm, I'm very happy for anybody who gets to go to this. You know, Axel's like the perfect combination of Brian and Bond. He really does. He's kind of like the middleman, you know? Right. I don't know, man. I think he's just fucking amazing with ACDC. Plus, amazing. I love, um, you know, that they are changing up the set list. If you kids go back and listen to our Rock and Bust review, uh, I talk about how that wasn't coming close to here, but I really didn't care anyway because it's the same set list every year. While I love ACDC, 
you know, to go. It's like, ah, the same songs. And now you're getting different songs, and that's great. And uh, yeah. I'm excited that they might also play his favorite Brian Johnson song, which is Go Zone, off of Blow Up Your Video. Ooh, Axel? Yeah. You're kidding me. I read it on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um... I just saw it today now Cliff Williams and uh, Angus were talking about now that the, the thing about, you know, that's cool about ha having Axel in the band is that they can change up the set list, which they have been doing because there's some shows they did Given the Dog a Bone, another one they did High Voltage, um, you know, Touch Too Much. They are throwing out uh, different songs here and there, and I, I think that's really awesome. And, you know, I'm just so excited because... I really do feel like what I'm about to see is not going to happen again. Yeah, you know? and, and I also think it's going to be uh, a, a shot in the arm for the band, too, you know, because, you know, any change like this, it's going to change the dynamic. Uh, and I think they're going to feel pressure to to deliver where they might have before, like, hey, whatever they do, people are going to eat it up. Now there's more of a spotlight. There's more attention. So it might make them work even harder. And, and give them a little bit of hunger. So I think it's a win-win situation. Oh, yeah. But and, and, I, I will stress, I, I see some people online, I, you know, I saw Brian Schaefer today saying he prays Brian Johnson never gets his vocals back because he wants to keep Axel. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, hey, uh, and, I, 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 and I, I trust me, I understand rude jokes and bad jokes. Trust me, I'm the fucking king of them. But I will str I wish nothing but the best for Brian Johnson. Uh, I love Brian Johnson. He's done an incredible job. And, man, that's somebody... Uh, you know, I save my hate for Sammy Hagar, man. I save all my love for Brian Johnson. So I, yeah, I hope, you, I hope you know, I, want, I don't want the guy to lose his theory. Oh, no. You know, and I wouldn't mind him coming back into the band. But let's say he can't do it anymore. All right, fine. Keep Axel. That'd be great. I would love that. But I don't want fucking Brian Johnson to completely lose his hearing, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, want I, him to I, be, would, I want him to be well. I would love to hear a new ACDC album with Axel. Oh my God! Because I, I think it, I think it would sound better than a new Guns N' Roses album. <laughs> I would agree. Well, I said it today too. I prefer I prefer Axel in, in ACDC than Guns N' Roses, and the reason that is is because, duh, I've always loved ACDC way more. I, I I'm I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, but I'm more of an ACDC fanatical fan. Right. So ACDC to me is like a hundred times better than Guns N' Roses. And Axel being on it and, and delivering with ACDC, I welcome him staying ACDC and not Guns N' Roses. But you know that ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, you, you never know, man. He might he might do this cash grab tour and then jump ship for ACDC. <laughs> and I, mean, I, would, I actually would like that, but, you know, I mean, that's me. I'd be fighting, yeah. Yeah, do this tour for the posers to go to and then go back to ACDC. I'd love that. Just just play this one tour so Justin Childers and James McCormick can shut the fuck up and then go to ACDC. Justin Childers is going to see it before me. Yeah. I think my show's the second show. The first one's in North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 and you better hope that uh, your Guns N' Roses show is before his, though, because you know that motherfucker going to get, like, He's probably gonna kidnap Slash, man. Bury that motherfucker in his basement, you know, and lower down the lotion to him and shit. Yeah, he might he might put a bullet in Slash's head at the show if they don't play locomotive. <laughs> yeah. He might, yeah. I want you for me. <laughs> yeah. That fucking pole smoker. 
All well, right. Speaking, speaking of Slash, I got a little news. Oh, okay. uh, I saw I saw the superior version of Slash last week, Buckethead. Oh, and yes. uh, oh my God, dude! What a fucking! I highly recommend people go see Buckethead. Yeah, I I I think I'm I'm gonna have to miss it, man. It's unfortunate. Is he coming your way? Yeah, but but dude, with, with what just happened, uh, what? with well, with my with my car, and, oh. and I, I had to take off work today for my car. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to swing it. Cause that's the thing, you know. I have to remind you about here is, you know, I, I get up at 5:30 in the morning, and these shows here, a lot of them don't even start till 11. So right. I, I'm probably gonna miss it. But man, uh, how 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 I would love just listen some Buckethead the other day. That fucker is amazing. What a talent. He's so good, and it was so entertaining. Like every fucking second, entertained the hell out of me. And it's so unique because. Oh, I got the funniest Axel, I mean, Buckethead story with Axel. This is hilarious. You know, when Buckethead speaks, he does it through a puppet. Right. And uh, Buckethead does uh, suffer some kind of, uh, I don't know, I forgot what it is, but he's got, you know, kind of like personality problems. Is it like Asperger's? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he does have some kind of some something weird about him, right? Right. That, you know, but... Check this out. You know what he signed? When he joined Guns N' Roses, he made Axel. He said he'll join the Guns N' Roses. He'll sign the contract, but under one condition. Axel goes with him inside the Haunted Mansion in Disney World, and on the actual ride is where he'll sign the contract, and Axel went with him. <laughs> Did you hear that shit about him having the, the chicken coop in the studio? With yes, porn? and dog shit. Wow. He has dog shit. Like fresh dog shit spread all around, and chicken coops with chicken in the studio when he records. Yes, he needs that that rancid stench of dog shit when he plays in the studio. Wow. Yeah, he's got he's really a peculiar guy, and uh, and you know what was cool about the show? Like he takes out, you know, he does his little nunchuck thing, and then he does his little break dance, and then he grabs this huge bag full of toys. And passes it out to everybody. I got a Hot Wheel from Buckethead. Sweet. <laughs> in the bag, there were like a Hot I got a Hot Wheel out of it. There were like G.I. Joe's, uh, you know, just all these different toys. And he passed it out to everybody, like everybody that was close enough. And I was pretty close that it. He actually handed me a Hot Wheel. Much better <laughs> than uh, DJ Ash, but he just signs you a, he gives you a signed 8x10. What a prick. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a picture of E.T., but you don't know the difference. <laughs> Something unique about Buckethead. During a song, a, a, a string broke, and he just continued playing. And one thing I noticed about Buckethead, like when Buckethead comes on stage, he has a dude take him up there because that mask, it kind of blinds him. And you can, and while he plays, he's not looking at his guitar. So he played this song with the, with the string broken. He didn't even notice because when the song was done, the roadie actually had to come up to him and say in his ear, "Yo, I gotta change the guitars, the guitars, because the guitar seems broken." He didn't even know. All right, next story. <laughs> oh, I love this. Tommy Lee came out the other day and said at one point, Motley Crue just stopped making music. And uh, it's like it's like I read that and I go, "Yeah, but aren't you happy about that?" Yeah. yeah. And that point was 1983. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh my God. Um, 
Yeah, you, you bring up a great point. The guy's been bitching about Motley Crue's music for years. And if you read the article, uh, he's basically complaining about when they did make music, the other guys, you know, wanted to sound like Motley Crue. So I could see where that would make him mad. But, you know, he he wants to just, uh, he wants to keep evolving the sound. And uh, you know, stop trying to be a fucking artist. You know what? You, you're, you're just a, a rock dude in a rock band, you know? And there, there's, there's artists... And then there's rock bands. And there's no shame in being in a rock band. Okay? The Beatles were artists. The Rolling Stones are a rock band. Alright? And there's nothing fucking wrong with that. But don't try to be something you're not. Okay? Not everybody is like this really weird and tuned artist. You know? Some people are just rock musicians. And there's no shame in that. Uh, you know, he, uh, well, we have to evolve, you know, no, nobody wants a trip-hop album from fucking Motley Crue, and Motley Crue don't want a trip-hop album, you know, it's just fucking Tommy Lee, and it really seems like, you know, the rest of the guys are just really sick of Tommy's shit, although he does say he talks to Mick Mars, but I don't know if I believe, I don't think any of them talk to Mick Mars. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Mick Mars wants to talk to any of them. No, and I, I can't blame him. <laughs> and also, uh, Tommy came out saying that when the tour was over, Nikki took him off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's gay enough being on Twitter, as it is, but bitching about, like, somebody taking you off their Twitter, it's like, oh, boo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I, I did the story where, uh, you know, he, he said Nikki un, un, uh, unfollowed him. I'm like, I unfollowed him way before Twitter. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. And then for a for a grown man, I mean, this dude's in his fucking 50s. And you're that, that's like publicly, you know, he unfriended me on Facebook. You know, oh, know. you fucking bitch. You whiny bitch. I can see exactly why. If you're the type of person that would cry about that, then I would unfriend you too, you dumb fuck. Oh, He's God. fucked. They're, they're all fucked. I mean, I know this Nikki Six AM thing is somewhat popular, but dude, that's gonna burn out. Is it really pop? I I know nobody that listens to this shit. And what what are they doing? They're Nate, open, they're opening Nate, up for fucking disturbed for Christ's sake. Nate likes it. Nate likes it. Oh, yeah. Nate likes fucking Sammy Hagar. So there you go. I I, I oh, love. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I stand corrected. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I I love Nate, but come on. Yeah, I love Nate too. Now Nate's all right. Nate's all right. Yeah, but you know what? There's some people who just like everything. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, fuck that. I fucking hate most shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I'm gonna ask Nate if there's anything he doesn't like. Yeah, that, yeah, I think he likes everything. Yeah, that means there, there, there's another guy. Uh, uh, T.J. James is on her Facebook page. And I forget, he finally ragged something, and I couldn't believe, I can't remember what it was, but I can't believe that he actually ragged something, and it was something I liked. I was like, holy, this you don't like? You like everything else, but you don't like this? You know, I'm like, god damn. You know, you know? but I mean, 6 a.m. does nothing for me. Does nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, but man. you know what? I mean, now that we're talking about this, let's give a plug to, to Big pussy bushy face <laughs> yes his, his reviews on youtube are pretty fucking radical i like it i yeah. like his reviews i like his style yes he, and... sounds, he sounds a little upset i like that yeah he's upset because he listens to sammy hagar take take that shit off your record player you'd probably be happier 
<laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to dress up like a satanic Santa Claus this Christmas, go to his house, steal all of the Sammy Hagar, and just leave a razor. <laughs> you know, here, here you go, buddy. <laughs> He's a good dude. He just I'm going to leave some Q-tips, too, though, so he can clean out his fucking ears and realize how horrible 6 a.m. and Sammy Hagar is. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't think he's cleaned his ears since he fucking shaved. <laughs> <laughs> but we love you, Nate. <laughs> All right. Next story. Um, Whitford St. Holmes released a, a track off their soon-to-be-released reunion album. Ooh, I got to hear it. You know, I just listened to that vinyl like two weeks ago, the Whitford St. Holmes album right. on vinyl. What a great fucking album. So you, Sharpshooter, man. Oh, love Sharpshooter. Uh, you, so you didn't listen to the new song? I didn't even know it was out. Oh yeah, it's on. It's on Blabbermouth. All right, cool. Uh, not bad, dude. I, I mean, it's nothing. It's not the best track you ever heard, but it's not horrible. It's just good rock and roll, man. I mean, it's like an old Smith, Aerosmith or an old Ted Nugent song. In other words, it's not like six a.m. No, no. Th- this is this is stripped down rock and roll. There is uh a piano on it, a little bit in the background, but it's like real piano, you know, like honky-tonk piano, it ain't like a fucking keyboard, let alone two right. keyboards, let alone a chick playing a keyboard. It's uh, just some piano, a little bit of uh, harmonica, it's just, man, it sounds like 70s rock and roll, dude, and I, I, I loved it, I loved it. Uh, yeah, all, I, hope, I hope it comes this way, man. Uh, I don't think, I don't think there's any dates in Florida. Uh, uh, here's a story that I read twice and I still don't understand this shit <laughs> I don't know if you read this story and you made sense of it but did you hear about the Twitter war between Sebastian Bach and Captain Kirk William Shatner yeah uh, no, I, I didn't read it but I saw a little caption and I don't know if it is, is it a problem with like Sebastian lives near him and he was jogging by his house, and there was a problem with that, something like that? <laughs> no, here's what I got out of it. Okay. Uh, was Sebastian follows William Shatner on Twitter. And there's even, like, uh, William Shatner presented him with uh, an award at one of these phony-ass, like, you know, Metal God award shows or some shit, you know? Gave him a headbanger award, some stupid shit like that. And Sebastian Bach said how much he loved William Shatner and looked up to him, was a big Trekkie and all this shit. But supposedly, uh, he put something on Twitter, and then some other people responded to William Shatner's comment and, and ragged on him, you know, make, poked fun at him. And Sebastian Bach liked one of the one of the comments where somebody was ragging on Shatner, like he thought it was funny or something. So then Shatner sends a devil face, a purple devil face emoji, to Sebastian Bach, like, "How dare you like this guy making fun of me?" Right. Well, then Sebastian Bach loses his shit. How fucking dare you give me a devil face, a, a purple devil face emoji? And I shit you not, it, it just took off from there. And then Sebastian Bach's like, I'll meet you any anywhere, any place. You know, I know where you live. I jog past your house. I'll beat your ass, motherfucker. And then Captain... Why is a fucking old man? And then Captain Kirk starts talking shit to Sebastian, and it goes back and forth. And, God, if you are over 20, what the fuck are you doing on Twitter? You know, in yeah, the first exactly. fucking place. I, I do not believe in Twitter. But here's the thing. 
now you know why the fuck Skid Row doesn't want this guy back. Oh, yeah. I mean, look how this guy acts. You're going to act this way till you know, basically a guy that has one foot in the grave. Come on. Yeah. How I, old is he? Like 80 fucking nine by now? I, I, I believe he's 85. Yeah, he's old, man. I mean, William Shatner's an old fucking man. You should leave his ass alone, especially if you're a Trekkie. And that's something I'm not. I'm not even a Trekkie. I'm not a DJ Hooker fan. I can give a fuck about William Shatner. But at least I respect the guy. He's an old dude. He's a Sebastian Box, a fucking Trekkie. That's like me fucking making fun of Lemmy. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, I love Lemmy. You know, you should love. If I was a Trekkie, I would love William Shatner and let him and, and, and attack any motherfucker making fun of him, you know? And, and you know what? Now that you explained the story to me, Sebastian is to blame. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. blame Will. I don't blame William Shatner getting pissed off because he's like, yo, bro, you say all these nice things about you. I give you a fuck and I present a award to you. And, you know, I thought we were cool. And all of a sudden you're liking some idiot that's attacking me. Fuck you. Right on William Shatner. William Shatner. Now that's a guy that should fucking be in Skid Row. I tell you, it'd be better than what they're doing now. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's not. And, and you get mad about an emoji. I'm ashamed that I even know what a fucking emoji is. I don't even know what that is. It's like a face, right? Yeah, like like when you see people put the faces uh, in in a text or something. That's called an emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Oh, yeah. fucking! I I mean, goddamn! And exactly. And I'm one of those ones like, man, I want to see Skid Row get back together. And I'm not the hugest Skid Row fan, but I do like some of their music. But, man, now I can see why they'd rather play a bowling alley. You know, if this, yeah. this guy's going to send death threats to fucking Captain Kirk, uh, he's highly illogical. You know, it's, what the fuck? I, I understand fully. And let me tell you something. I met Sebastian Bach, and he was so fucking cool. So cool. And then I see all the shit he does, and it breaks my heart. It's like... Fuck, you have the potential of being such a badass cool dude. Because, dude, when I talked to him, we were talking Judas Priest. He was just, like, me and Unleashed Knees, we were both talking, like, we 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 identified with so much shit. We really clicked. And, and he was super nice to me. He was, like, one of the nicest guys I ever met in any band because, you know, he's hyper, but he wasn't annoying like he usually is. And... Uh, and then he turns around and does not only this, but there's a handful. I mean, how many times has that, that guy gotten mad? I remember, what was it that Michael Sweet said some bullshit that drove fucking Sebastian Bach crazy, too? Oh, yeah. It's like, what, he, what Michael Sweet said, it wasn't even that bad, you know? It wasn't even bad. But Sebastian made it bad. Sebastian's just one pissed off dude. And yeah. you know what? And you know what? A lot of people, like, what Sebastian Bach should realize is when he left Skid Row or was fired from Skid Row, he had that mentality that I am going to destroy Skid Row because after all, I am Skid Row, in which he does have a point. You know, I mean, Rolling Stone magazine put him on the cover, and he is the face of Skid Row, and everybody wants him back in Skid Row. He knows that, but he really thought he was going to be like the next Ozzy Osbourne, you know, that's going to have a great solo career. And what he did, what did he do? Bashed Skid Row every fucking chance he got. Every chance he got, he bashed them. Then Angel Down came on, continued to bash them. The next album came out, didn't do too well. Then he starts hinting like, let's let's do it for the fans. Let's get back to the fans. Then he does the third album, and that even does worse. And what happens? 
Guns N' Roses gets back together. Holy shit, we can get Skid Row to open. He's like, then he starts begging there. to get back in Skid Row. And it's pathetic. And what the thing is, is, dude, you said a lot of fucked up shit about your Rachel Bolin. I mean, we all know why he's not in the band now. Because he threatened to kick Rachel Bolin's ass. Because Rachel Bolin said, dude, I don't want to do the Kiss Reunion show. Yeah. Well, I would have kicked Rachel Bolin's ass for that, too, though, in all fairness. All right. Well, but, but yeah, uh, true. you know, I, I think I got a great idea for a fucking super group. Great fucking idea. Sebastian Bach on vocals. Tommy Lee on drums. Richie Blackmore on guitar. And get Blackie Lawless to go back to bass. And you call oh it God. you call it fucking playpen. Because they're all a bunch of fucking babies. Can you imagine that? Like... Can you imagine anybody in that band trying to have their say? Exactly, and it would probably sound just as shitty as The Firm. <laughs> you know? Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. well, by the way, speaking of that, let's get into this story. Jimmy Page says he's got a new band, and we'll have a new album and tour 2016. It's like, whoa, bro, then this shit must be coming out soon because we're halfway done with this year. Yeah, well, I hope... And I'm very excited about that. I hope so, and I hope he doesn't back out, though, because if you remember, uh, the Coverdale Page Tour was canceled because yeah. uh, they weren't. Uh, they said they couldn't sell out arenas. They did play a few shows in Japan, though. Right, right, but that was it. But he couldn't get the big shows that he wanted in the U.S. and canceled it because, uh, I mean, I love Jimmy Page, but I guess he can't go back from doing, you know, what he did to uh, to something scaled down. And I think he could now, though. Yeah, I he, think, he I might think Jimmy now. Page can sell out arenas now. I'm sure he can. All right. Well, next story. Um, there's been a lot of clips lately on the internet uh, of Bobby Blotter's rat and some solo shows that Stephen Piercy's been doing, and it's it, it's like a battle of the rat. And boy, it just depends on what you want to go see and what you'll settle for. Yeah. I'd rather see Stephen Pierce. I think, well, here, here's the thing. I saw some clips of Bobby Blotzer's Rat, and I thought it sounded pretty damn good. I'd uh, rather see Stephen Pierce. I'll tell you why. Because, and and I agree with you. And I thought the Juan Crucier's Rat sounded good, too. You know, here's the thing. It was the Bobby Blotzer's Rat experience. But now it's called Rat. And I think that's really unfair. Because you know Warren D. Martini ain't down, ain't down on that. Right. And he's going to take him to court. And I think Bobby Blotzer's a scumbag for doing that. He should have kept Bobby Blotzer's right experience. Seriously. Oh, th- that that I agree with. But you know, I'm I'm looking at video clips of both of them, and some of the ones now now granted these were crappy iPhone recordings, but uh, I'll tell you what, even the the one the recently one I saw of Stephen Piercy. He sounded a little bit better than I've heard him sound recently. Yeah, and and a little more, a little bit more animated. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that too, uh, because he, he's notoriously, especially in the later years, very uh, like he'd rather be anywhere else. Dude, you know, I saw them open for the Scorpions like four or five years ago. Yeah, I was supposed to go. Terrible. To that. Yeah. Terrible. He was terrible. The band was sounded great, but he was just terrible. But um, here's my thing. I'd rather see the the real guy, even even if it's not spot on. Because 
when you get to what Bobby Blotter's rad is, it's it's you're seeing a cover band. Yeah. You know? And hey, some cover bands are enjoyable, but if I if I got my pick, I would rather see the original, even if the cover band could be playing a little bit better. I mean, yeah, but come on, it's like Bobby Blotzer is like such a by numbers drummer. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that like, like, dude, look at the original Rat. If you had to pick one person to be replaced in the original Rat, who would it be? Bobby Blotzer. Bobby Blotzer. You can't replace. Juan Crucier or, or Robin Crosby or Martini or Steve Fusey because those four really did make a sound. This dude in the back is just keeping a fucking beat. Right. He's nothing special, you know? And plus, all the other four were contributors musically. You know, Juan, Juan Crucier, besides his background vocals, co-wrote a lot of their biggest hits. But what, what I'm getting at, you get so many people that say, oh, this guy doesn't sound like he used to. And I don't care about shit like that. You know, you, you could get Black Sabbath to tour with the guy from, uh, you know, Orkin. And it would sound more like old school Sabbath than what Ozzy sounds like now. But I don't care. I want to see Ozzy. And if he's yeah. a little bit off, I don't care. I want Ozzy. I'm seeing Rat. I want Stephen Piercy. I'm seeing Van Halen. I want fucking David Lee Roth. Now, you could get... You, you know, people bitch about Ross vocals. You could get the dude from Steel Panther, and it would sound just like a Van Halen record. And that's cool and all, but I don't care. I want David Lee Roth. Or nothing. You know, if, it, if it's Sabbath, you know, Dio's not with us anymore. I want Ozzy or nothing. You know, I want to see the real band. I don't care if somebody can play it more note for note. You want note for note, stay home and listen to the fucking record. Yep, I want and, I, and I feel the same way about live albums. Yeah, you want you know, fix up that fucking live album. I don't want to hear it note for note mistakes and shit. I want some touched up live album. There you go, and uh, yeah, just my point. I think there's too many people out there. You know, oh, replace this guy. He doesn't sing like he used to. You know, you, you could get there's a million people that can do a Robert Plant uh, impersonation. But if Led Zeppelin gets back together, you know, do you want Miles fucking Kennedy or do you want fucking Robert Plant? I mean, come on. Yeah, of course. And Robert Plant, I mean, is a shell of what he used to be. But you know what? Celebration Day, he, he handled it. Uh, Metallica says that their album will be done this summer. Yeah, well. And uh, they're not using Rick Rubin again. They're using Greg Fieldman, who engineered Death Magnetic. Oh, boy. And, <laughs> and yeah, that does lead to a lot of... Uh, you know, internet chatter, if you will, because a lot of people who even did enjoy Death Magnetic complained about, you know, the mix of it. And, uh, you know, you, you predicted Megadeth was going to come back with a good record after, you know, the, the shitty Super Collider. Uh, right. Do you have any hope at all for this Metallica? No, none. I feel like this is a band that it's not, it's just, look, it's not the Metallica I love. And you know me, I like Memory Remains. I like uh, Until It Sleeps. And I still say that's not Metallica, man. Even the shit I liked that they did after the glory days is not Metallica. But man, Death Pathetic. When I heard that fucking album, I was like more appalled than even the Black album. Every album that Metallica has done, I was more offended with Death Magnetic than all of them combined because 
this is a band that was trying. It, you know what? I hate it for the same reason I hated 13. You know, and it's Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin's like, oh, I want to make Metallica like Master of Puppets again. I want to make Black Sabbath like Master Reality again or Paranoid. And it's like you're just rehashing it and it's not the same people. That's not, dude, Tony Iommi's 60, not 20 anymore. And same thing with Ozzy and Geezer Butler. And, and then you don't even have the fucking drummer there where Metallica doesn't have that bass player anymore. It's just, dude, I'll put it this way. I hope I'm proven wrong and Metallica like totally surprises me and does a fucking album to blow my fucking head off. Yeah. But I just feel like this is a band that has been too corrupted by fame and fortune that that fire, that hunger that they had when they were broke is gone. It's just gone. Right, but you know, one thing I will say, though, that drives me up a wall, you know, the people, everything, uh, oh, because they don't have Cliff Burton. Uh, it's it's the other guy's fault. It's not to do with Cliff Burton being not there. It all fall. Everything falls on James and Lars because they make all the rules. You, you know, Kirk, Kirk, you know, hey, he's a great dude and all. Dude, Kirk is their bitch. You know, you you want proof? Yeah. Of, you want proof of that? Watch, watch fucking some kind of monster. When they say no solos, there's no solos because that's what they say. James and Lars run that fucking band, so you want to get mad about it? I mean, they have Robert Trujillo or Trujillo, however the fuck you say it, one of the best bass players in the fucking world. So if they can't do it with him, okay, it's what it's what they say. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe if Cliff was still alive, they, you know, I, I honestly would believe Cliff would be like Jason Newsom, just fucking leave, you know? But Yeah, yeah you know, I, I would see that before I'd see him changing the whole band. Honestly, yeah, I, I'd but, see him leave. But what a lot of people don't understand about Cliff Burton is that when he was alive, he was more open-minded than those three guys combined. Because, you know... Uh, you know, those three were just all about the thrash and metal and everything sucks where, you know, Cliff Burton loved Skinner and he liked the uh, Tim Lizzie yeah. and Blois the Cult. He was more open-minded. And then when he did peek his head in the writing thing, dude, he, in my opinion, wrote the greatest Metallica song, Orion. I think that's the best song Metallica's ever done. And that's all Cliff Burton, really, most of it. You yeah. Know? And uh, his that's, influence, that, I mean, it, I, just, I that, don't know. That's my you son's know? favorite Metallica song, too. Yeah, there you go. And and I'm thinking that if he would have stayed in Metallica, they probably would have stifled him because, like, the, well, like, because he's not Ron McGovney. You know, I mean, even though Ron McGovney didn't have anything to do with it, but right. uh, anything to do with the music. But, you know, Cliff is not technically an original member, and neither is Kurt. So right. they they pretty much don't have the saying as Lars and James and yeah maybe if if uh, Cliff was alive uh, maybe he wouldn't just been upset and left. Yeah, he'd probably be in a, like a real kick-ass band with Jim Martin. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, I don't know uh, the whole Cliff Burton thing. Um, it's sad that he's gone, and you know the potential would have been great, but I also can see him. Cliff Burton was complaining a lot toward the end, like, oh, you know, people complaining of, you know, oh, because we don't go a thousand miles an hour. He seemed a little upset, so I could kind of see him, like, change his tune, but 
I can also see him not be. I can also see him going, "Oh fuck, I ain't doing that. Nothing else matters. Are you nuts?" Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But he would probably go do a Faith No More type album that I would end up hating, and you would love. You know? There you go. Where where Randy Rhodes was more that guy. I would have loved to see what he'd done because I have a feeling I would have loved whatever Randy did. You know? Yeah. Because he was he was going more to the classical route, and I would have loved to see what he could have done after he died. Where yeah. I'm kind of like, eh, maybe I wouldn't have liked it. I don't know. If Randy did like a whole album of D, I would probably check out. But uh, I, I see Randy as somebody who probably would have came. I, I Somebody who would have spread his wings but then came back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I could see Randy reunite with Ozzy. Yeah. Like during the Ozfest years. Like, no. Early 2000s. And it would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. It would have been badass. Yeah, you wouldn't have got osmosis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, next story. Now, here's a guy from a band that I love, but, man, do I hate this guy. Uh, you want to talk about a whiny, whiny fucking bitch. And that's what he should change his name to, is whiny, whiny French, instead of JJ French. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, this fucking crybaby. Uh, you want to talk about somebody who should suck fucking D. Snyder's dick every day of the year because he would be nothing without D. Snyder is J.J. French. Yeah. Oh, he's whining about Kiss because he didn't get into Kiss. Uh, okay, prime example. Look at the fucking writing credits. Now, you know, I've debated how accurate this is, but everything is credited D. Snyder. You know, but J.J. French has come out and bitched about, you know, any, any band that dares make a new album, you know, a classic band that makes a new album, let alone plays it live, is stupid. And and I think he's taking the easy way out, you know. You know, yeah, Twisted Sisters have been back together for a long time, but no new music. And if you keep touring with no new music, I'm sorry, but you're a fucking joke. You know, you can't do it no more. And apparently, JJ, you never fucking could. You know, uh, to sit here and slam these bands now, uh, do you get irritated when you go see Iron Maiden and they play the whole new album? Yes, but you know what? At least they're trying. And whether or not I like the new Maiden, I respect the fact that at least they are trying to do something new and they, they have the balls to stand behind it. To sit there and just do a greatest hits act just shows me that you've given up, that you have no true passion left, that... You, you are just collecting a check. You know, you're just going through the motions. You know, and I would rather see a band put out a new album that sucks and at least try than just go out there and, and do nothing. I, I think that's a cheap, lazy fucking answer to make an excuse for why you haven't fucking done anything new since Come Out or Play. Come Out and Play. You know, and, and just what a whiny bitch. And, and I'll throw that same stone at D. Snyder too because he always uses that excuse. Well, nobody wants to hear no music. Well, you know what? Nobody wants to hear it if it sucks. And yeah, but, yeah, he's going to make a stupid fucking modern rock album now. Right. But but here, here's here's the, the, the unfortunate side of that. A lot of times when these classic bands do make a new album, no, it doesn't stand up to the old standard. And I think that has to do more with why fans aren't as receptive to new material. It has to be good. I mean, because you think about think about the glory days in the in the seventies and the eighties, 
when bands were putting out, you know, an album every year, or some of them putting out two albums a year. Okay, every year there was new music, but there was new hits. There was new classics being born every year. You know, you know, Judas Priest didn't stop at, uh, you know, uh, British Steel. You know, they released other albums that have new classics because it was new good music. But if you put out a new album that you don't put the work into or isn't that good, yeah, then people aren't going to be receptive. But if you put out good new music, people will respond. But yeah, if it sucks, it's a bathroom break. But I think it's a lazy bullshit answer just to, to, to slag on people who at least try. Uh, what's yeah, your... I, I I agree. You know, but and and for the most part, I enjoy new music from most new bands. Uh, 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 like uh, Megadeth, the last Van Halen, um, uh, the last ACDC. Like you know, we reviewed it. I, I know you're not too crazy about it, but I really loved it. You know, I listened to it the other day too, and I still love it. I think it's a really great album. But um, at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're not gonna get. The band, and you know, I did read the article, and he did make a point that is true. A band that releases a new album, they'll go out there and they'll play like five songs, then they'll knock it down to three, then one, then none. That is true, and ACDC is proof of that. You know, the last time I saw Van Halen, they did two songs off of uh, the last album because it was mostly dominated by. The classic shit, because that's what people want. Well, and it's it's unfortunate, but I I know. But at the same time, I am with you a hundred percent. Shut the fuck up, JJ French. And another thing I want to say, and I don't know, I forgot where I heard this from. I think it was like Eddie Trunk or something. Some listener talking about when he met JJ French, what a prick he was. And I can totally see it because he seems like a prick. Oh yeah, and and he's he's one of those ones. He's almost worse than Gene Simmons when it comes to, to suing people. You know, there was the, the uh, Twisted Sister food truck that they that they sued. He's been known to, to uh, call the cops on bootlegging t-shirt guys at concerts and shit. But, uh, you know, to get back to, like, the ACDC thing. Um, my point is, look, when ACDC put out uh, Razor's Edge, they were already long in the tooth. Been around for a long time. But they, when they put out Thunderstruck, everybody loved that fucking song. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And people wanted to hear that song when they went to the show. You know, it was a catchy fucking song. Now, I didn't think the new album was horrible. But to me, there, there, there wasn't that standout instant classic. Like, when I heard Thunderstruck, man, look how many albums they had already put out. Look how long they've been around. But that was a new classic. And, you know... Um, Megadeth was one of man when I saw their set list for this tour I was disappointed there wasn't more stuff off the new album when I yeah. heard when I heard Judas Priest uh, uh, the last one they put out what, the, what was the name of that one Rede uh, Redeemer yeah Redeemer of Souls I like that shit I want to hear Dragonaut I want to hear that live because to me that's a new Priest classic you know uh, so, you know, the proof is in the pudding. If it's good, people are going to want to hear it. If it sounds tired, that, then of course, yeah, they're going to be like, ah, I'll just play the old stuff. But I honestly believe if people already love you, but you put out a new quality song, the, uh, the fans will be behind you. 
Yep. So. But and not, I, I don't think it's Twisted Sisters' case because they they do have a stigma because they released the song that song. Uh, what was the name of that song? It was awesome. Thirty, I think. Yeah. It was a fucking great song, man. But you know, they released this new song. It's like, wow, this is really good. But it didn't do anything. And, and I think that that really helped them make up their minds. Like, dude, look, that song kicks ass, and nobody cares. But what, once again, uh, you know, uh, D wrote that. D wrote that for a country reality show he was on. And then oh. Twisted Sister recorded it. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, he, he was on this show on CMT called Going Country, where they took all these, like, you know, pop stars or rock stars, and then they had to be country for a month, and they had to write a country song. So that was originally an, a, a country song with, like, you know, country music in the background, and then he took it to... to Twisted Sister. They didn't write that together. They had nothing. I mean, they they came up with a new, you know, version of it. But D wrote that all without him. All right. Well, while we're speaking of whiny bitches, uh, this is a little story I like to call Six versus Stanley versus Tweed versus Simmons. Oh man, this again? Well, we really when we the last time we did news, believe it or not, it had just broke that uh, you know Paul had had yelled at Gene. That's the last time we talked about this. Oh, wow. We didn't go into the tweet. No, that didn't happen yet. The Shannon tweet thing hadn't happened yet. Okay. I did some videos about this on my almost human Facebook, I mean, YouTube uh, channel. Oh, I'd like to see those. I'd like to see those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, two separate ones, actually. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Shannon Tweed got involved and holy fuck, man. Uh, you know, the girlfriend... Her wife just needs to shut up. I, I thought that was really bad. Jean should have shut her up. Uh, oh it, no, no, no! There's Jean's afraid of her. Jean's afraid of fucking Paul Stanley, and he's afraid of his mom. Those are the three people you'll never see Jean badmouth ever, <laughs> ever. Think about it. You know, have you seen Family Jewels? I, I watched it. I I, I found it so hokey. It's right there with the fucking Osbournes. Horrible. Well, it's very... I mean, I, I saw like maybe two, three episodes. He is so whipped by that woman. It's not even funny. And to even prove it more, I mean, nobody was more against marriage than Gene Simmons. And, uh, I mean, he was so against marriage that Paul Stanley didn't even invite him to his wedding. Right. Because of, because of what he says about marriage. But he ended up getting married because he's so whipped. I know Shannon said, you know what, motherfucker? If you don't marry me, I'm leaving you. And, and he got married because he's so whipped. Well, and the... And the <coughs> excuse me. Uh, by that point, she probably could have got his ass on common law wife anyway and took his money. So I think that's why he finally figured, well, fuck it, you know. If she leaves, she's going to get my money, you know, cheaper to keep. Can you imagine, can you imagine how his head must have been... It was, my head must have blown up. When, G, when Paul and her were going at it, you know he couldn't stick up for either one of them. Because right. he's, he's, he's both their bitches. Right. Can, can you imagine how awkward that fucking uh, that tour is oh, going to be? Holy shit. That's going to be an awkward uh, tour of fucking shitty uh, college stadiums this year. Col not even college stadiums. Like high school uh, <laughs> arenas. That really? They're playing. They're, playing, they're playing little places this, this time around? Yeah, dude, it's it's all little markets, dude. It's it's all yeah. like they're saying we're doing this for the fans that don't get shows, but everybody yeah. knows that's like 
Okay, bitch, if you could sell out four nights at the forum, you'd be doing it. Don't don't yeah, use this. You'd be like, you'd be like, fuck those fans. Yeah, yeah, fuck the move. You know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's a shitty excuse because I, 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 I think it's they couldn't get anybody else to co-headline with them anymore. So kiss, kiss, kiss's draw today is no different than it was during the Feature of the Night era. Yeah. It's at an all-time low. But like the Feature of the Night era, it's really popular overseas. One mast was, but uh, Brazil loved creatures. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you know, after the whole Stanley Stanley Simmons thing about Prince, you know, and Shannon Tweed got involved, then Nikki Six got involved, and yeah. oh my God, uh, what a desperate, uh, desperate plea for attention. And to me, th- this is no different than when you know Phil and Selmo got in trouble for saying all the stuff he said you know and then you had all these bands that that nobody's ever heard of that that have an opinion and i think it was more about hey let me get my name on blabbermouth than it was actually caring about the, the subject matter you know and i think this is just a shameless attempt by nicky uh to bring attention to himself yeah because 6 a.m had an album coming out right then yeah yeah. So that's his way of getting the news and he did it one time and and the first time he did it it was understandable hey you don't know what happened with Prince because you know the whole story is you know Gene says um, it's pathetic how Prince died because of a drug overdose but it, that hasn't been proven it still hasn't been proven right it's uh, taking him so long yeah it could be because there's some there's so much law shit going on with his estate and stuff uh but yeah, still to this date, you know that we're recording. Uh, what is this? Like June first, uh, they still haven't released the official cause. But it's it's one of those things. Like I understand why Paul apologized for Gene because that reflects on Kiss. You, you know, so I could see him trying to do some damage control. Uh, but then you know, Nikki, st- you know, sticking his fucking head in and saying shit, and then fucking Paul comes and defends Gene. Well, the thing you're leaving out is the first time Nikki said something, Paul didn't say shit because pretty much uh, Nikki Six was, was saying what Paul was saying. But then Nikki Six came back and start, brought that up again. But then he had to throw also throw, throw in that dig that, oh, Gene, you haven't written anything good in a long time. And I'm like, wow, you of all people saying that? <laughs> you know, it's like, give me a break. And then that's when Paul came out going, hey, asshole. You know, you know, and you also have to remember too another thing. Kiss was the first band to take Motley Crue out on the road. Right. You know, I mean, what kind of fucking? You're an asshole. And and then Kiss took them out again. Of course, you know, Kiss needed it as right. well as Motley Crue. Can, right. If Motley Crue doesn't stamp the farewell tour on it, nobody's gonna go see it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're you're 100 percent on that. So you know, because how well did Crue Fest do? Right. So so so. Um, they help each other out. It's like it's fucked up of him to insult Kiss music-wise, especially him. You know, it's like because, dude, honestly, man, I don't give a fuck what your opinion is. Everybody out there, Kiss has been around twice as long, has much more fucking better album. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. Anybody, all your anybody out there, oh my crew, my favorite band of all time. Yeah, well, you're going to still tell me, even if they're your favorite band, that they have more better albums than Kiss? 
Hey, I'm going to go on record here and really blow some minds. I think The Elder's better than a lot of Motley Crue records. Wow. <laughs> wow, coming from you, that's pretty bad. Exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, man, but think about it. I mean, look, the, the 70s alone, come on, is there one bad album, not including the solo album? Right. You know, a Kiss album in the seventies. Every one of them was right. awesome. Plus, plus, look at look at the influence. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot more success successful good bands that were influenced by Kiss than there are you know great bands that were influenced by Motley Crue. <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, Motley Crue has influenced people, but not to the, the degree of Kiss. Yeah, but they influenced like Kick Tracy. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Hurricane Alice and Johnny Crash. And, uh, uh, Black Veil Bride. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah, but uh, another thing that I did kind of like about it, and I understood, uh, yeah, Stanley came out, at, you know, and kind of bashed Gene a little bit, and I do understand the damage control, but I do like how he came back and stood up for Gene because, you know, it's almost like a brotherly thing. Like, you and me can sit here and rag on each other and joke on each other but if anybody attacked you i'm going after them <laughs> you know like i can say a joke about your you and your mother and you can do the same to me and we laugh about it but if anybody else was to attack you dude that's that's it gloves are on actually gloves are off <laughs> you know and, and 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 at the same t- you know he put his brother in his place but he also stood up for him and i like that i thought that was good I also, I also think, and yeah, I agree with you 100%, but I also think there was another agenda why Paul attacked Nikki and defended Gene was to kind of show Shannon, hey, bitch, here I am defending. You, you think I'm, I, I threw Gene under the bus because that's what she was saying. Right. You know, you've been a partner with this guy and you just throw him under the bus. He would never do that to you. But for Paul to attack Nikki, that was his way of showing Shannon. I do, I do uh, fucking defend uh, Gene Simmons, you fucking bitch. Yeah. She looks like the Joker. <laughs> and then fucking Nikki came out like a week after that and said, Oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to fight with Kiss. I know we look like a bunch of old women fighting. Yeah, no, I, I saw that interview. You know what it is? Fucking Paul Stanley totally. And, and you know me, dude. It's been a long time since I said anything positive about Paul Stanley. But I gotta, I gotta hand it to Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley totally put Nikki Six in his place so bad that Nikki Six himself apologized and is kind of like scared. He didn't really attack Paul. He didn't say shit to Paul. Though he did a little dig at uh, what the next Kiss album should be called or something. But he, he ended up pretty much apologizing and saying, you know, Paul's right. Uh, we all sound like uh, women. You know, I saw that interview. And it looked to me that Nikki was like, oh, man, you know, I fucked up. And Paul's right. But and it, uh, I love it. You, you know, the best thing to come out of this fight, though, is besides uh, Johnny V posted all this fucking Motley Crue shit on our Facebook page, between that and this is why I said we should do the worst Motley Crue songs and this has been one of our most popular episodes ever. So, something classic did come out of this. Oh, yeah. That shit was a hit. Oh, yeah. And, and rightfully so. And what I love is so many people have enjoyed it that are also Motley Crue fans. I get a lot of people saying, like, hey, I love Motley Crue. 
And that shit was fucking hilarious. You know, we, we did. I did get a little bit of flack, but I knew it was going to happen, dude. I posted a link on like four or five Motley Crue fan pages. But you know what? I also I, I only got uh, two people who kind of like said anything bad. I got a lot more likes than I than I did uh, negativity. You know, and I even put us like fuck. If Motley Crue is your favorite band, you should be able to take a fucking joke. <laughs> you know, and and. Just be lucky you got to hear Motley Crue songs that nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah, I and you posted uh, some of the comments. Yeah, it was funny, man. One guy was like, "What are you talking about? Motley Crue doesn't have a bad song." I was like, "That guy's funny." All right. Uh, well, next story. Here's something that made me happy, but again, I take it with a grain of salt and what it's for. Uh, David Lee Roth said on his newest version of the Roth Show, his little podcast if you want to call it that it's it's more like a youtube weekly thing that he does when he's not uh on tour or involved with uh, van halen says that he is still in van halen and he says he believes oh, cool. he, he says he believes they will tour but he doesn't know when but he believes they will and he also said that while they're not recording new music he does believe they will record uh what's the guy's name again Chris, uh, Chris Ackett. Yeah, get ready to pay up, buddy. Yeah, that's the guy who, if they're not back with Sammy Hagar by... It's actually one year today. He, he yeah, said yeah. June 1st, 2017, they're going to announce a Van Hagar reunion. Right. A one year from today. Yes. I'll be 100 bucks rich. There you go. So, uh, uh, you know... They, but the funny thing, he did start out. He goes in spite of Eddie Van Halen, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh. I, I, you know, uh, well, he didn't say in spite of, but he said, you know, regardless of Eddie Van Halen, you know. So there was kind of a jab, but you know, they, they, hey, they were jabbing each other at the beginning of the tour, and you know, at the, uh, I mean, at the beginning of the tour, and then at the end, you know, Dave's, you know, thanked Eddie. Says, you know, all the great summers of my life, you know, I have been with this guy right here. You know, yeah, he, it, did, he did something similar uh, at um, the show I saw. He also did a little dig at at Sammy uh, at um, at Eddie because at one point in the show he started talking about Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. Right. And he goes, "Yeah, uh, the singer and the guitar player ain't getting along." And he looks at Eddie, goes, "Sound familiar?" Yeah. <laughs> he, he did that at West Palm Beach, which I thought was kind of funny. Right. And yeah, well, if you know David. You know, it, it, much like Kiss, it's going to be the same shtick the whole tour, but it works, you know? Right. And uh, and I, I would love to see, you know, I'm so disappointed because what a great set list on this last tour. It's the only reunion tour I didn't get to see, uh, and I love A Little Ain't Enough. I mean A Little Ain't Enough, um, Different Kind of Truth, and I, I hope they do, do something new. But if not, please just let it end with some dignity. And, 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 and let me say this to our, to our good listeners out there. If you don't, you know, want to buy me the D.O. box set, which I already have it. I, well, I mean, I already have those albums. But if you don't want to buy that for me, you don't want to send me money, just buy a voodoo doll and, and, and call it Sammy and hope that he dies. You know, let, let's, let's send some negative energy out there, people. I, 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 I don't want Sammy dead, but I wouldn't mind him losing his voice. 
Uh, or Harry. Not, not Harry, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, well, if he comes back to Van Halen, uh, everybody wish that I lose my hearing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because one of us got to go. <laughs> yeah. If he does, if he does uh, rejoin Van Halen, uh, Brian Johnson's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, one band that is calling it quits is the loincloth clad man of war. Yeah, whatever. You know, that, that band, and, and I'm a big man of war fan. I love man of war. But goddamn, you talk about a band that, like, that fucking well's been dry for a Wow, man, those last couple albums are pretty bad. And even though, you know, and I love the, you know, House of Death and Hand of Doom and Warriors of the World. Those are some great songs. Call to Arms, great songs off Warrior of the World. But man, the rest of that album is pretty fucking shitty. This is a band that, you know, and I'm not one to like, oh, you should just retire already. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with Matter War. This is a band that... Uh should fucking call it a day right? and supposedly this is just a uh, a european tour because uh this band hates america yeah more more than fucking iron maiden and donald trump combined i and mean you know you know that joey DeMaio still lives with his parents <laughs> it's a true story i believe it i'm um, syracuse new york yeah because nobody buys man of war and i i like i like man of war but man they hate america like tommy lee hates prophylactics <laughs> you know, or clean needles. Uh, <laughs> like Charlie Sheen hates, uh, <laughs> you know, getting his blood taken. Um, yeah, they don't like America because America has never really clung to Man of War the way Europe has. And um, then the one time I saw Man of War, talk about going through the motions because, you know, I own all the Man of War DVDs where they're playing in huge stadiums and and huge venues in, in Europe, and they're fucking amazing. Then I went to go see them, and they're up on stage like, oh, we don't want to do this. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. wanted to see Conan the Barbarian, and you got Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a good way of putting it. Oh, man, yeah. Well, so if you live in Europe and you like Man of War, you better go see this. I'd go see Man of War for sure in Europe, and that'd be a good show. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they'd probably try. Exactly. Uh, uh, Here's a funny story I saw. You know, somebody I really don't care for. I mean, I shouldn't say I don't care for. I don't know this person. I just don't give a shit about him. Is Kelly Osborne, And Kelly Osborne tweeted the phone number of the girl that Ozzy was having an affair with. Did you see this, Ralph? Yeah, yeah. That chick's hot. And said for a good blowjob call. Damn. And I thought that was pretty funny. So, so I called the number. <laughs> and like... The chick's like, you better, you know, it was a hairdresser that Ozzy was having an affair with. And she's like, you better not be calling about the blowjob. And I said, no, I just need a little trim. <laughs> she hung up on me. Ouch. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was funny of uh, of Kelly to do that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I did call the number. And it's disconnected. <laughs> yeah, of course. She's a bitch, man. God damn. All right, well, here's another uh, a funny story. Somebody we talked about earlier in the episode. Sebastian Bach is accusing his nanny of stealing a $15,000 watch. Yeah, like like he can, he, he can afford that. Why does Sebastian Bach have a $15,000 watch? I don't think he does. I think he just wants $15,000. Yeah, he might tell the insurance company it was $15,000. 
not, not to change the subject, and this ain't even music news, but did you hear the story about James Gandolfini? Is that his name, Tony Soprano? Yeah, Gandolfini. Did you hear the story about uh, his watch being stolen when he died? No. Uh, they're, they're accusing of, I don't know if it was a paramedic or somebody involved in where he died, uh, stealing his watch, and it was a $3,000 Rolex. And I'm thinking, dude, really? $3,000 Rolex? I mean, you figure it'd be $300,000, right? $3,000 Rolex sounds kind of inexpensive for somebody like, you know, James Gattafee. You figure he would be wearing something more expensive than that, right? Yeah, but why do you need a watch that's even $3,000? Why do you need a watch that expensive? I just don't understand that kind of shit. Maybe it's because I'm broke. <laughs> you know, but I don't... Yeah, no, you know what, dude? If I had millions of dollars, I'd, I'd still get me a, a regular Swatch. Exactly. <laughs> I would be happy with an old school Swatch that I could see all the parts on. Yeah. You know, that would make me happy. I would not spend my money on that. You, you know, I, I don't get that. And... You know, for Sebastian Bach to have a $15,000 watch, what, dude, you're not doing that good. Why are you spending $15,000 on a watch? Yeah, or, or even if you got it in your heyday, why don't, why don't you fucking, like, sell it, you know? All right, next story. Uh, goes back to some previous stories, and that was Paul Stanley talking about how, uh, how happy he was to reconnect with Ace and do, uh, do the song and do the video. Did you see the clip uh, where they interviewed after the video shoot? No. It was it was really cool. Uh, you know, Paul always comes off like everything he says has been planned out and read 15 times. But uh, I did sense a little bit of sincerity and, uh, you know, some happiness to be around Ace. And I think probably a lot of it has to do with Ace's sobriety. Um... But they generally seem to be happy to be around each other, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that might come with as you get older and you get closer to death, you know, and you're not in the middle of a book tour, uh, you might realize life is short. And, uh, you know, here's somebody who, you know, was with you through, you know, the most significant part of your life and the most important part. And they just seemed really cool and... and uh, I thought it was a very nice video. You know, this year, Paul Stanley really has taken a turn for the better. Uh, with the whole attacking Nikki Six and defending Gene, being friendly with Ace, it's like, this is like a kinder, gentler Paul Stanley, and I'm digging it. Oh, yeah. And, and he sounds good, and his voice is coming back. Yeah, and, and definitely, uh, you know, like I said earlier, if, if you ask me, you know, which former KISS member would guest on, on his, Ace's album, Paul would be the last one. Yeah, you I would have never thought. Yeah, I, I would have guessed Mark St. John before I would yeah. Paul Stanley. Yeah, all right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you should check out the video. I would think G. Gordon Gilbert before Paul Stanley. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, uh, oh, you know, wait, before you go into the news, something else I want to bring up about Sebastian Bach, and I don't know if you saw this story, which is so fucking pathetic of him. I was really shocked that he did this. There was a guy, I think it was in Atlanta, that reviewed his show. Did you see this? Uh-uh. It's, am it's amazing. There's a guy that saw Sebastian Bach and reviewed it. 
for a newspaper or magazine. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 I did, I did, I did. Yeah, he reviewed it on a website or some shit, and it was a bad review. And Sebastian, like, threatened to kick the guy's ass, went insane. And I'm thinking to myself, are you, really, dude? I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I've had bad reviews. I mean, look, uh, the, the podcast has bad reviews, too. Everybody gets bad reviews. If you're in the entertainment business, you're going to get a bad review. Nobody. But the thing to do is don't feed these fuckers, you know? Just ignore it. But Sebastian Bach was like, I'm going to kick your ass. Why don't you come up to me and say I sucked or whatever, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, this is a guy that's completely off the rails. He really is fucking out of control. And another thing, which is I think it's gone viral, was the video I shot out of Sebastian Bach with Steve Vai. It was on Blabbermouth, and it's got, dude, it's blown up. It's blown up out of proportion. And I thought Sebastian Bach did really good. Oh, yeah, and man, I, I did too. Yeah, most people hate it. I, uh, I thought it sucked, and I'm like, damn, I thought Sebastian Bach did great. I thought Steve Vai was kind of shitty. What, what I think, what I think it is with Sebastian, I think it's it's kind of like the uh, Axel syndrome. I, I think he's turned off so many people with his attitude and his actions that no matter what he does, he's going to be judged by that before what he what yeah. he really does and what his talent. You know, immediately, oh, he's going to do something. You know, oh, you know, it, it's like. Uh, you know, you're you're never gonna read a Roman Polanski story that doesn't talk about you know raping a little girl and being uh, right. extradited back to the U.S. You know, they've just right. they pissed off so many people. Everything they do is prejudged, and yeah. uh, and and it sucks that people just can't be honest and say, hey, when something sounds good, it sounds good. You know, right? I hear. You. But uh, all right, let's talk about another reunion. Uh, now that probably not too happy and that's uh the new docking reunion that's going to take place in japan oh my god did you listen to mitch lafont's interview with wilder brown no i didn't listen to it because it oh was... my god it's unlistenable well I, I i i saw your comments and i've seen enough interviews with uh with mick brown dude mick brown is mick like brown god he is so annoying hi- he is so hyper and uh, so, like, bouncing off the walls. That's the interview, right there. You, you, know, you know what I love is, uh, you remember the old metal sludge board, right? Yeah. Okay, well, on there, they, they had a, did you ever see the, the groupie chart that they had? Where well, all, all yeah, that, no, I, I know about it. Well, they had, they had the groupies, like, whoever slept with the guy, they would give all these rock stars reviews and shit. Of what they yeah, were like, yeah, big dick sucks. And and the, and the one chick said that Mick Brown's dick was so short and he couldn't get it up. She goes, but it was probably the coke. And, and every interview I've ever heard with Mick Brown is like he just did an eight ball, like immediately yeah. before the interview. And I love Mick Brown. I you know I love him. I love him. I think that guy is one of the good ones. You know? Oh yeah, but I know what you're saying. An interview with him is almost unlistenable because he—I mean, you want to talk about some ADD, you know—and and he's loaded on fucking blow. It, it is almost unlistenable. <laughs> no, it is completely unlistenable. All he did was laugh and talk and laugh and talk and and then laugh and talk and then laugh, laugh, laugh and then talk. 
I mean, it was just like, oh my God, it was hard sitting through it. But, you know, I did listen to it. And yeah, he did say in the interview that I don't like, uh, you know, we're going to do some shows in Japan, but it's only for the money. It's all for the wrong reasons and blah, 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 you know. And I mean, I get what he's saying, you know, and it's cool that he says it, but at the same time, yo, man, we all have to eat. Right, but um, I do appreciate his honesty. And I think he's on to something because every reunion that you see that is strictly for the money never lasts, never works out. Because, you know, if your heart isn't there, if you don't really want to do it, man, it, it's going to show. It's going to show in the performance. It's going to show in the longevity. You know, and... Uh, Man, I, I, I've, I've never seen George Lynch, period, let alone, you know, uh, the original Doc in place. So I would love to see this come to the States. Uh, you know, I saw this new, you know, fake docking that's out there, and it, it was a great show. Entertaining. You know, did Don sound perfect? No. Was it passable? You bet your ass. But, oh, my God, I would love to see Jeff Pilsen and George Lynch there, man, you know. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a shame that, you know, hey, Dockin and uh, Don Dockin and George just had these massive egos, but man, if they could just, you know, if if you would see this interview I was talking about with Ace and Paul, you know, you kind of see it's just like, dude, you're you're all getting old. You ain't got many years left. How about celebrate what you did? Put the little bullshit aside and just be happy that somebody still gives a shit this many years later about what you did back in 1980 fucking four. You know, be thankful. It's unfortunate, man. I would love to see Kiss reunite with Ace and Eric Singer on drums with no makeup whatsoever. I would love that, man. Have Ace be in Kiss with no makeup. Would that be cool to you? I think it would be you awesome. Know, um, there were, uh, I recently listened to an episode of uh, uh, Kiss Science Theater where they were talking about all these rumors about Ace coming back. And... Uh, you know, they brought up a lot of good valid points. You know, Ace is now a lot more marketable and could help bring some more fans to a KISS show. But they kind of said the same thing. Like, they would like to see, like, a, just a small theater tour that was them without the makeup, just doing the classics. Yeah. And and, and I do agree. It, it would be weird. But uh, I, I'd go see it. Uh, of course I'd go see it, you know. I'd love it, man. Without makeup, man. Without makeup. Right. And with Eric Singer too, not Peter Chris. Oh no. No, I mean, you know, I would I would love Peter Chris to come out and sing, but I don't want to see him play drums. Yeah, or or, or for a full show. I I mean, well, here's the thing. If he could do it, then I want him there. But you know, un unfortunately, man, and drumming is you know, I would say probably the most important one where you have to be spot on. If your drummer's fucking up, to me, that's even that that's more detrimental to the sound than the guitar player, the bass player, or the singer. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 a proven fact. If your drummer sucks, your band sucks. Right. That's why Thrash or Die rule. <laughs> Hell yeah. And combat. And combat. That's right, bro. Oh, and fucking I'm... Alex Marquez and Brian Wilson, two amazing drummers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, who's the Jew in combat? I forget his name. Brian Wilson. Okay, Brian Wilson. Yeah, from the Beach Boys. I uh, think uh, the, uh, my bass player, Rich, I think he's Jewish, too. He just doesn't want to admit it. 
Oh, a self-hating Jew in this day and age. Yeah. That's terrible. That's well, terrible. I'm a self-hating speck, so yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're kind of like, you know. Well, well, that I understand. I'm, hey. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. See, another joke I didn't laugh. <laughs> Hey, oh, but uh, by the way, Michael Shanahan, <laughs> who doesn't like who doesn't like that we mention his name, uh, wanted to have peace with me, and I said, "Okay, peace, brother." And then he just comes out and says, "Fuck, Doctor Fuck," and they oh, just deport him. Did, did you? Depor- yeah, did, I saw it. You saw it. <laughs> he said they should deport me back to Cuba. I was like, "But I was born here, you moron!" <laughs> and, I, and I thought you wanted peace. You know, and now you're attacking me again. It's like. Uh, when he said peace, he meant he wants you to take this piece of sod and put it over there, and then take this piece of sod and put it over there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're good at that. Us picks are great gardeners. <laughs> oh. and, uh, but but you know what? Bottom line is that I will be peeing on his grave. <laughs> I will out. I will outlive him without a doubt. I'm gonna go. To- he's gonna. He's just gonna die of stupidity. I'm going to go to his grave with Justin Childers, and then I'm going to pull a potato out of Justin Childers' ass and throw it at his tombstone. He's going to fall in a gorilla cage. <laughs> and they're going to shoot him, not the gorilla. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're, you know, to, to protect the gorilla. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. Oh, no, here's something. You know, you might not laugh at my racial jokes, but you will laugh at this. A unreadable book is now going to be an unwatchable play. Did you see that there's talk of making what the a... Hell? There's now talk of them making a play out of the heroin diaries. Oh, God. you got to be kidding me. No. <laughs> I wish I was. And I'm sure this is going to be off, off, off Broadway. But, yeah, yeah. there's... There's talk of making a play about the heroin diaries. Well, this is the, the, you know how this play should go? You, you go to the, you go, you sit down, the curtain comes up, and a bull walks out. And you just sit there and you wait for the bull to shit. <laughs> and that's the end. Once the bull shits, it's over. I, 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 I hope it's like Grease, and at some point Frankie Avalon comes out and goes, Motley Crue dropout. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Oh my God! Can you imagine that a play about the heroin diaries? I can't even imagine the heroin diaries. You know? Oh my God! You know that I actually have that book. Why? This guy gave it to me. Oh, no, okay. Why? Well, okay. It was given to me, and I have yet to crack it open. I I do have actually have that stupid book. Oh God! All right. Next story. Um, Aerosmith. Uh, they were quoting uh, last week. That they were talking about still contemplating doing, uh, you know, a tour without uh, Steven Tyler. You know that now he's a rhinestone cowboy. No, but didn't they come? No, they didn't. they come out saying that was bullshit? That was well, not true. Well, Joe Perry came out and said it was bullshit. Okay. Um, but I'm just wondering if uh, if that's damage control. Because well, I heard they're doing a farewell tour. Well, they're talking about doing it, but then. They say that's bullshit. Um, what are they, Nikki Six now? Exactly. Well, what I, what I think it is, I think there's a lot of threats being thrown back and forth. But then when somebody gets too angry, then they take shit back. You know? Uh, but, man, yeah, do a farewell tour while you're all still alive. 
while you can still play. By all accounts, every member of Aerosmith can still do their job. Uh, they, they just they Even can't. Tyler's amazing. But uh, you know, they just can't do a, a new album to save their life. Uh, no, their, their, their music sucks, but dude, I saw Aerosmith two times in like the past like eight years, and and Steven Tyler's amazing still vocally. Holy shit, the guy still can sing great. Oh yeah, but uh, but man, he just he wants to do his country shit now, and basically, you know, that fucks the rest of the band from doing anything. But well, you know, Joe Perry's now doing the Hollywood Vampires. Uh, you know, Brad Whitford's going off with uh, with uh, St. Holmes. Uh, you know, Joey Kramer has his coffee, and Tom Hamilton's playing with Thin Lizzy. Uh, but I'm sure they would all rather make some, some of that Aerosmith money, but without Steven Tyler, you know, he's really kind of fucking them. And I, I think that's what's kind of selfish and childish of, uh, of Steven Tyler. But uh, at this point, I don't give a shit anyway, because... Man, they, they, they just... There's a band who probably shouldn't make a new album. Because after that last one, uh, I, I think they can do it. I just think they won't do it because of Steven Tyler. I think he's the one really holding that band back. But then again, how do you do it without him? You know? That's a catch-22 there. You can't. Uh, Aerosmith cannot survive without Aero, uh, Steven Tyler. He can't. That guy cannot be replaced. Joe Perry can but Steven Tyler can. Yeah, it's sad but true. Sad it's not, it, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it does have a lot to do with, you know, a lot of bands, their singers just can't be replaced. And Steven Tyler is, is so Aerosmith, it's, it's, come on, dude. Right. You just can't, you can't replace that guy. You just can't. Yeah, that's why I'd rather just see it end, you know? Yeah. But, uh, all right, next story. <laughs> Going back again to somebody we talked about earlier, Gene Simmons. Now, this is funny. Coming from the guy who says if you're depressed, kill yourself. Uh, you know, you know, Prince death is pathetic. Uh, you know, telling everybody how to live and how not to live. But he says when it comes to presidential uh, picks, uh, you should not share that. You should keep that personal. <laughs> and I, I, I thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, you know... I, I thought Gene Simmons supporting George W. Bush was pathetic. But, uh... Did not, he? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was very vocal in his support of George W. Bush. And, uh... Wow. Well, it makes it makes sense. Who, who's George Bush looking out for? Rich people. Who's Gene Simmons? A rich guy that don't want to lose his money. You know, my dad... My dad is very conservative. Very... Uh, total hardcore Republican. And he... It was shocking when he told me... I don't like George Bush. And I was like, why, Pop? You know, I mean, I'm shocked because I thought, you know, my dad was like, you know, just so hardcore. And he said, George Bush is responsible for Walmart. And I don't like the fact that it just killed mom and pop type stores. Oh, yeah. And that's the main reason he hated George W. Bush. Because my dad, you know, that's what he did. He had a mom, he had a hardware store, a mom and pop hardware store. And that's how he survived. And, you know, uh, and, and that's how he made his money. But he, it was it was wild how you know he said that. And and I asked him about this presidential thing, you know, because you know Donald Trump is the Republican thing, and he's like, I don't like him. And I was like, Why, Pop? And he goes, That guy is going to get us in so much trouble. Yeah. Because he hates everybody, man. Oh yeah. And and it's it's for my dad to say shit like that. 
And let me tell you something. My dad, it's like everything my dad says. I'm a total sheep for my dad because I, 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 he's my hero. Everything he says, I agree with. And if I, if I'm on the fence about something, I go to my dad. And when he tells me something, I'm like a sheep. I'm like fucking like those guys that say Motley Crue never did a bad song. That's how I am toward my dad. <laughs> I love you. Know, you so dad. I'm like, wow. Yeah. He, but you know, my dad's hardcore. But my dad loved Nixon. Loved him. <laughs> he, he thought he thought Nixon got the bad, you know. He goes, Dad, Nixon was a fucking great president. He just fucked up. You know, but he did a lot of good and people don't see it. He thought Reagan was the greatest president ever. And uh, I don't think he had a problem with George Sr. But uh, I, I, I never asked him about that. But yeah, he said he didn't like W George W. Bush and he hated and he hates Donald Trump. Well, I, I tell you, you know what? Something you should buy for your your dad. You know, Father's Day is coming up, and uh, you you should give him this. It's an amazing documentary uh, that you can get on Amazon called Walmart: The High. Uh, what's it called? The High Price of Low Cost, and and it's basically it's a whole documentary about how Walmart has killed small businesses throughout the country, and how much it's actually. Yeah hurt the economy and uh you know but it's you know walmart's the number one money maker in america they're the, the most profitable company in america and it's an amazing documentary your dad would probably love that i'm i'm yeah. i might buy that for your dad for father's day because after all he is my favorite thrasher die vocalist <laughs> yeah there you go. Thank you. <laughs> i agree he's badass man i love I grew up listening to that voice <laughs> i love that shit He's fucking amazing. I, 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 I might do that. I might. I, I, see, I, my dad's dead, so I don't have to buy him nothing. I might buy your dad that DVD for Father's Day. <laughs> and tell, tell him it's from the Ayatollah. He's like, who in the fuck is this liberal fuck? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking gringo. My, it, my, my brother my brother's the complete opposite. My brother's the liberal one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He's all Obama and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. My dad, my brother's the exact opposite of my dad. Uh, when it comes to politics, you know. Right. All right. Well, uh, well, then they might be like the next two people we're talking about, and uh, this is a little story I entitled "Shanker versus Shanker." Man, this shit just keeps getting worse and worse every week. It's unbelievable, too. It's like, wow, man. I'm kind of shocked how how much Michael is really throwing his brother under the bus, man. And, and the crazy thing is now. You know, Michael is supposedly sober. And just all this shit is coming out, you know, and just like he's so mad at Rudolph. And, yeah, he is. And uh, he's mad at him at stuff that happened over 35 years ago. Right. Like coast to coast and, you know, a lot of that shit. He, he's still, he's like all of a sudden mad about it. But, man, through the years, like he's joined him at Wacken doing coast to coast. And it's weird how, you know, now all of a sudden it, it's. And you know another thing too, how he has Francis in his band. Well, he did for a while. Yeah, well, he still and that he, didn't end well. He still, well, no, doesn't he still have Francis? I don't know. I, I, no, I, I, I think he still has Francis and Herm, Herman uh, Rebel playing drums for him. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, and I know that was bad. I know there was a lot. Of, like, I think he stole from the Scorpions. Or well, well, yeah. That that's the story. Like, I used to read a lot about it, and now you can't find as much info. But apparently. Uh, Francis embezzled a lot of money from the Scorpions, and and then that, wow. that's why uh, he was kicked out. Herman, 
Herman supposedly left because he was just tired of touring. And he thought, you know, the band's best days were behind him. And, you know, he just didn't want to tour as much. But, the, you know, the, the deal with Francis, man, is, yeah, he, he stole a lot of money from the Scorpions. Well, this is... You talk about a replaceable motherfucker. That's like Bobby... Imagine, you get four guys that are fucking amazingly talented that can pull off Scorpion songs to a T, but the only member of the Scorpions is Francis in the band and calling it Scorpions. That's Bobby Blotson's experience. Right <laughs> that's Bobby Blotson's That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and supposedly, if I remember correctly, what happened with Francis is, uh, you know, Francis kind of planned for his future. And he took all the money he made from the Scorpions, you know, in their heyday, and he started a, like, a, I believe a lighting company that, that, that rents out, you know, when bands go on tour, all their lighting rigs and everything. Yeah. That's him. And not only did he do that for other major bands, but he did it for the Scorpions. So the Scorpions had to pay him every time they went on tour. Wow. And, yeah, and uh, not only that, but he was supposedly taking way too much money for for that. So uh, you know that that you know, and there's always two sides to you know you know three sides to every story to quote a bad extreme album. But uh, you know what I mean? I mean this is just from the Scorpions' view that that he really ripped them off, but it, it did have to do with his. Uh, you know, concert productions or whatever that that business that he ran, but uh, but yeah, it, it's sad to see these two guys. And again, you know, uh, they're you know they're not in the middle of the race; they're at, they're in the final lap. And to see two brothers fighting like that uh, is sad. You know, you, you know. What, what are you an oasis now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just unfortunate. But uh, here's two people who have kissed and made up, and I'm sure this is for the money, and I don't give a shit. Holy shit, I never thought I'd see this. The Misfits! That is more important than Guns N' Roses for me, let me tell you. Yes, it is to me. Big time. Oh my god. This is great, but it also shows how bad Danzig must be doing. Oh man. Uh, You know, because, you know, let's not forget it, it wasn't even a year ago. That Jerry only came out and said, "Hey, you know, there's, you know, if I was to work with Danzig again, he would have to drop all this satanic stuff because, uh, you know, if you don't know, Jerry only is a born again Christian and has been right. s- since the late '80s. Uh, you know, but uh, like a typical born again Christian, he loves money. But yeah, supposedly they met up. They had to discuss like a new, some new legal shit for the T-shirts and all that shit." And they decided to make nice, and they're billing this as, you know, the original Misfits. Now, Doyle will be playing with them, but, you know, people who really know the Misfits know Doyle is Jerry's brother, but he is not the original guitar player. Uh, But he was part of, you know, what's considered the the classic lineup. Um, I don't believe they've announced who's on drums. I don't know if it's Dr. Chud. I don't know if if it's Robo. Uh, I have no idea who's drumming, but I mean the main story here is you got fucking Jerry, Glenn, and and Doyle. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see this. And our last story in this super long fucking new special spectacular four episode, uh, Paul Diano has been hospitalized. 
with a yeah, that's sad. Man. With an undisclosed ailment, he had to cancel his Brazilian tour, and uh, yeah, I just I don't think this guy's doing good, man. And man, at least you got to see him and meet him. I've never seen him, never met him, uh, and, yep. prob- and probably never will. But I, I'm a huge Diano fan, and uh, that's somebody I really want to wish a speedy recovery to, because I think he's very important to that early era of, of Iron Maiden, and and that and makes him very important to metal, you know? Uh, I never thought I'd ever see him, and yeah, 2010 it changed, but it was shocking, you know, that... And I was dating, like, that really hot girl, and because uh, of her... Uh, I, I met Paul Diano because there were people that he was meeting, but then we were there and we we're like, oh, look, I was telling the guy, we came all the way from Miami. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I told her, you go tell him. And then she did, and we were back there. I was like, man, the power of hot chicks, bro. Was this the Guns N' Roses girl? Yeah. And I don't know why I was, it's such a bad, it's such a bad word to call her because she's not really a Guns N' Roses fan. It's that that Chinese democracy episode, those songs reminded me of it. Right, no, but that's what I, she will always be that because any, she liked Sammy Hagar. Right, but when I was any woman that could break your heart so bad that you like Chinese democracy, that she's coined the the she she, she is the fucking uh, the not the spaghetti incident. She's the Ralph incident, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how fucked up she she fucked me up so bad that I love Chinese Democracy. Yeah, I think it's a great album. That's how horrible that yeah. this chick fucked me up. I don't know who I want to die more, her or fucking Sammy Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no, come on. <laughs> hey, hey, you're my brother, and, and she fucked your head up. So uh... and it's kind of what. That's how much I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, come on. It, it, uh, if, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have Michael Shanahan wishing death on me. <laughs> so right. something good came out of it. Well, I, I, I'm sending positive vibes to Paul Diano, and I'm sending a Hell yeah. I'm sending a hoodoo to the to the goddamn Guns N' Roses chick. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the new spe- special spectacular four. So we, we're gonna put this up as soon as you edit it, brother. This shit will be up tomorrow, watch. All right. I got, I'm, dude, I'm on my vacation, bro. I ain't doing shit tonight. All right. Well, you had it sent to me, and I'll, I'll put it up for our, our freeloaded listeners. All right. And just another reminder to our friends uh, and our listeners, yes, you know the news will always be a part, but we've got a lot of two-hour shows coming up. So uh, it yeah. will make a return, but till it does, we're going to give you these uh, these specials. And depending on the news, there may be more uh, news episodes coming up in the up and coming weeks. You never know. Wow. You never know. Next time somebody gets in a fight on Twitter, we're going to do a show about it. <laughs> That's right. And if, and if Ian uh, calls me something, don't make a meme about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you mean listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joseph. I- <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't appreciate waking up to that. He apologized, and I'm still. I. I. I look, and I'll. I'll, I'll bring it up because if Joseph is listening right now, that means he sat through this whole episode. So I got to at least, you know, be nice enough to say, I understand you did not do it in a malicious way. I understand you're not a mean person, and you don't. You didn't do it to be mean to us. I. I just think you are retarded. <laughs> <laughs> 
You are freaking retarded to think that. And I understand. He, all right, let's explain the story. This is the news, actually, by the way. <laughs> yeah. On the Motley Crue episode, I I admitted that I like glitter. And I actually said that I am amazed my musical taste has not died of AIDS. And then I ended up saying, can you believe I'm the guy that goes on stage and says, I am the thrash lord, I don't give a shit. And then Ian said, you're more like you're the gay lord. Gay Lord Van Peter <laughs> Yeah. So I laughed at that night, and, and then I, I elaborated, and I said, "I am, I am the Gay Lord, and I'll suck your dick." Okay. It was funny. It was great. It was for the moment. It's on the show. But what Joseph did, <laughs> he got a, he got a picture of me, and it said, on the top it said, "I am the Gay Lord." And under it said, and I will suck your dick. And now, I'm a hot-blooded spick that usually wakes up, not in a bad mood, but something could set me off when I wake up. Like, if I see something like that when I wake up, I get very upset. And, it, it, and, I, and I'm very touchy, okay? So when I saw that, the first reaction I got was like, oh, fuck you! So I said, so I said, I'm gonna get you back, Joseph. And then he wrote, thinking I wasn't really mad. He's like, awesome, I can't wait. I got a great sense of humor. And then I wrote, well, I guess I don't because you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know? And this is fucking rude. And then he sends me a private message saying, dude, I'm sorry. I thought it was funny, but if I offended you, I'm very sorry I took it down. Okay, that was nice of him to say, but what did I say? <laughs> I said, I can't believe you're this retarded. Does he think that's not fucking rude? And the funny thing is, you know, is this, that how this, this kid's like an honor student, yet he's retarded. <laughs> yeah. So then, when I say this to him, he replies, "Hey, I said I was sorry." You know, kind of like you know, I'm annoying him or something. I mean, that's how it came out. So I didn't reply after that, but I did realize Joseph. You didn't do it maliciously. You're a good dude, but please, don't be retarded, okay? Don't do shit like that. Never don't... never go full retard. Exactly, you know? <laughs> it did not m -m 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 make me happy. <laughs> so, you know, come on, dude. Seriously, putting up a meme saying, I am the Gaylord and I like to suck dick or whatever, or I'll suck your dick. I'm sorry, that shit belongs on the show, not on me. Fuck! You know? oh. I mean, I, I, I'm saying I'm saying this because Joseph is listening now. He made it all the way. If he's not listening now, if he's not listening to this part of the show, and plus, and by the way, nobody tell him that I'm saying this because I want him to hear it himself. If he's not listening, then I don't forgive him. <laughs> there you go. And that's the news spectacular. Oh, well, 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 well here, here's the thing I will say. If you really want to make this right, October 4th, buy Ralph Vieira the D.O. box set on vinyl. Exactly. <laughs> As a way to make amends. <laughs> and Shanahan, buy uh, Ian buy Ian a turntable and, and the box set. I don't want Shanahan to buy me anything because I don't want him to get my address. I, I ain't opened up no package from that motherfucker, dude. Because that IRA motherfucker would probably be a bomb, but I'm sure he'd fuck that up, too. 
<laughs> it, it'd probably be one of those snakes that you light that does nothing, you know? Just, you know, just kind of lays there. You don't shed a hand like your mother, you fucking potato, potato fucker. Stop coming out of the chat room. I'll ban you again. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And check out our, our radio show. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so We're much. We're on like a slump time here and there. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Yes. And we appreciate all the listeners. We do We do have the two most popular shows on the station, and it's all because of you guys. Yeah. I, I really do appreciate everybody that listens, and I really honestly mean that. It doesn't. It's okay if you're a cheap fuck that doesn't want to pay us. That's fine. At least you're listening. So thank you, you cheap fucks. <laughs> all right. We love you. Keep those checks coming. All right. Pull my finger. (laughs) All right. Till the next time. Later.